This is Doug Nunnally with the Auricular and the Newland Music Prize, and this room sounds great. Hello, podcast lovers. Thank you for hitting play on This Room Sounds Great. I'm Reese Williams. We're recording live from In Your Ear Studios, and I know you're super, super picky and choosy when you're cataloging your Pokemon cards or chipping firewood, but you chose us. You said TRSG. That's what I want to hear while I'm doing this. This is a very special episode of This Room Sounds Great. I don't know if our guest knows how special it is. It's our first non-band guest. Yes. Yes. Now, you may be a musician and play instruments, and I just don't know it, but you you have not been a guest on Chaco Sessions Live, and yet here you are. It's Doug Nunnally. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, your intros real quick, because I I always love your intros for Chaco Sessions, too. Do, do you write them, or do they just come off the cusp of your head? For This Room Sounds Great, I have a long list. That's what I, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it's just, it sounds so, like, effortless, <laughs> but also, like, so detailed that it has, look at the, you're supposed to be interviewing me, and I'm already interviewing <laughs> you. Um, but, yeah, I, it sounds great. Let's dive in. So, as I said, you haven't played on Shackle Sessions Live, and I don't know if you are a musician, but you are certainly known in the music community. You have a regular, mm-hmm. and I said it right, didn't yep. I? I practice all those vowels. Um, you have the website and the feed of auricular. You are spearheading the Newland Music Prize. Everyone in the music industry knows you. So please start from the beginning as to how you entrenched yourself in the Richmond music scene and what do you hope to achieve? Oh, that's such, yeah, that's a <laughs> broad question. Um, I, I, I do play and sing. I haven't in a long time. I don't even think the strings on my guitar are in use i think i might be missing the the d or the e string um but yeah i I have played around town i've and i can do a mean karaoke if you're interested but as far as like writing about music covering local music um i got started with local music probably around like 2012 2013 um writing with rva magazine just doing staff writing stuff there initially just covering bands coming to town quickly after that it just spiraled into talking about local bands and that really kind of opened the floodgate. And like 2013 was this really like, I guess, just bubbling pool of a lot of emerging artists. And there, there was a lot of bubbling periods before that too. But you know, like a, we're a couple uh, years removed from Lucy Dacus. No BS Brass Band had just put out RV All Day, which was like a huge deal. I remember, and they were maybe one or two years away from putting out Brass Knuckles, which was also a huge deal. Um, so it just it felt really special. Um, a lot of cross pollination between the stuff. Um, the editor at RV Magazine at the time, Marilyn Drew Nashi, she was constantly telling me, oh, yeah, this person used to be in this band. And before that, they were in that band over there. And then sometimes they record by themselves. So, I mean, she's really good about tracking all that stuff. Um, I stayed with RV Magazine through 2017, um, writing about local music. I eventually became the print editor. Uh, left in 2017. And then 2018, towards the end of the year, I started The Auricular, which my main focus with The Auricular is to just document everything coming out of Richmond because I've seen I mean you're in the local music scene too you know there's been so many bands where you get really excited about them they put out a good record they have great live shows and then after a year they're done they they call it quits they they move out of town or whatever um and a lot of times you talk to them and they're like yeah we just couldn't find we couldn't build momentum it was hard to make time so my goal is to just try and put a spotlight on everybody that I can in hopes of encouraging people to get to work harder at their art and to keep growing, keep grinding. And then maybe, you know, they'll continue, they'll break out one day or maybe they'll inspire somebody else to break out. Cause I've also seen too, and I don't know if you've noticed this too, you go, you're, you're in the music scene around town. You do Chaco sessions. 
I've seen the reaction when people are playing before a crowd of just their friends and family, but I've also seen that reaction when they're playing before like five to 10 people that they don't know. And they're way more excited for that because those are people who are there just for their music, just because they liked what they heard. And I, that's what I want. That's what I want to get out of it. Um, so did the auricular 2018. And then recently, last year was our first year with the Newland Music Prize. <clears throat> oh, it was me. the first year. Okay. Yeah, last year. So this year is our second year. Um, and that's that's an idea that's been germinating in my in my head for for a long time. You know, a bunch of other places, cities and towns and scenes, they they do award stuff. Um, and it can be beneficial. Uh, I think the Hampton Rose area has the Veer Awards, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. Um, but those are those are a lot more, I guess, singled out categories, you know, like traditional like Grammy categories like rock, R&B, hip hop, things like that, um, which is good. I'm, I'm not saying that that doesn't have its place, but I feel like kind of using the Polaris Music Prize from Canada and the Mer- Mercury Music Prize from England, their model really kind of puts a spotlight on everything on an even playing field. Here are 20 records. They're all up for the same award. We're not looking at who's got the biggest following, who can draw the biggest Spotify numbers, who has the most exciting in sound for that year or whatever. These are just 20 records that people in the music scene think are the the most noteworthy, and then everybody's voting on them. I like that geography is the parameter. That's kind of it. I mean, you have a time parameter and a track parameter. But it's more geography. Yeah, more and yeah, and Richmond, Petersburg, metropolitan area. I mean, we didn't want to quibble if you've got like a Chesterfield zip code, but you play and record in <laughs> town. Um, we didn't include Charlottesville. We might one one day. Uh, that'll be a huge undertaking too, because I, I feel like if we do Charlottesville, Harrisonburg will be the next domino to fall. And I'm not saying that we can't do that, but you got to start somewhere. So, just starting with Richmond at first was really important. And yeah, just uh, like you said, uh, the geography parameter. And then we also had had to be released in the previous calendar year and then had to be either five songs or 25 minutes long. And those are just to kind of help out people because I don't know if you notice, uh, people don't really release big full-length albums as much as they used to. No. The EP cycle is way more popular now. But also, too, you might get uh, you know a heavy metal band that release an EP that's just three songs, but each song is like 10 minutes long. Or you might get a hardcore punk band that's got a 10-track album, but each track is one minute long. So these ways we're kind of helping to make sure nothing's excluded and everything is considered, everything is heard. It's it's a nice wide net you're casting with that. I I definitely want to talk about everybody who was nominated and, and everything about the Newland Music Prize, but I think you have such a neat perspective. And I've only been in the music industry in Richmond honestly, only about three years. I've been in Richmond six years, but I've only been in the music industry about three. So it's been 10 years for you. What is that? How has that landscape changed? And when you talk about the fact that bands get, they're together a year, everybody gets gets excited and then they're gone. I think that's the impetus of Shaco Records, which was Mm -hmm. born out of the studio because Carlos Chafin, the owner, kept seeing people legitimately working their patooties off spending all their money getting through the recording phase they've got the product and then it peters out and that's partly because nobody in the band wants to do the social media nobody in the band really i shouldn't even say they don't want to it's just time it's hard yeah they it's have hard. full-time jobs so there's social media which we know helps there's booking which is essential um there's trying to get into tv and films which sounds like for some people it's just yeah that that's they don't have a clue where to start so That's there's so many facets about how to be successful. And the model of Shaco Records is we're just a, a hub, a resource hub to help you with all those things. What do you think the biggest block is maybe then? What is it now after the pandemic? Like, 
I think we have that neat perspective. We aren't the ones struggling. We're more observers. Sure. Um, Instagram wasn't a thing 10 years ago. Twitter had just started. I mean, TikTok wasn't a thing. Vine, I don't think, had even come out yet. Um, so it's definitely, there's a lot more that goes into promoting yourself these days. But also, I think one of the biggest struggles between then and now that has remained constant is it's really hard to tour. It's just, it's really, really hard to tour. And a lot of the bands or artists that you see that are, are able to kind of build buzz and momentum, those are the bands that, for some reason or other, they've built up a safety net and they're able to tour for several months on end. Or maybe they're doing two weeks every month. Whereas I see most local bands around here, you know, they, they try and get out, but it's more of a very hyper-focused, very short, truncated tour schedule. And I think that that's hard, but I, I mean, you can't tell people, you know, quit your jobs, just go out and do this. Cause like, well, what, what are they going to do? And, and yeah, you could say, well, some of these bands are fresh out of college. They're only, you know, working at a restaurant or whatever, but it's still hard. It's scary. Cause I mean, I've seen, there's been countless bands that I've heard have been on tour and their van breaks down. Mm. And then, you know, all you, you spent all your, you saved all your money to go on tour and now you have this, maybe you got fired from your job to go on this tour. Like what, what do you, it's just hard. So I do, I see that as a constant thing. Um, but in general, I mean, I've seen the scene very much improve over the last 10 years, specifically, I want to say the last four to five years. Um, I don't, I don't want to speak ill of the scene. I have very fond memories of like 2013, 2014, a lot of really good bands, a lot of really good concerts. But I do remember that that time period being very kind of clickish in town and not in like a like a, a mean girls way. Nobody's saying you can't play here. Nobody's excluding people on principle. But it was more that the same bands and musicians kind of played with each other in this circle. And that's all that they did. And, you know, if you were a new band, the only way you got into that circle was if you knew somebody already. And if not, you were just kind of over here and you were playing less ideal shows at the the camp. The Broadberry wasn't open yet, but the Camel, Strange Matter back then, Balasso back then. Mm, Balasso. And it was just really, really hard to kind of break through. And then, you know, starting around like 2018, 2019, I started to really notice those walls come tumbling down. It was really great. Um, I think what really helped is that a lot of um, – some acts had kind of petered away and then the acts that had stayed had kind of not matured, but they had, had really kind of expand their reach. But then also the, the new crop of musicians coming up in town, they, I don't want to say fearless. That's not the right word, but they, they just wanted to play. They would play with anything, anybody. I mean, there was uh, also a, a singer, singer songwriter showcase at the camel, which I think really helped kind of spur things around. Um, Tyler Meacham, mm -hmm. I remember seeing her name in that. Joel Warford, I remember seeing his, his name in that. I'm trying to think of other people. I'm pretty sure Mackenzie Warwick was there. Um, Jonathan Facka, I believe, was in there too. Tons of people that are now making some of the most vital works of art out of Richmond. They, I was seeing their name in there, and then they just started playing around with everybody. So, And then shout out to Tyler Meacham too. We'll talk about her. She's on the new one. But she also started right before the pandemic. I mean like a month before the pandemic. She started this thing called Offset RVA, which was a way to kind of like help marginalized artists and to really kind of strengthen that bond and just make elaborate, diverse sets at the camel. Um, I think she only did two before the pandemic hit and everything got paused. Um, once we came back from coronavirus or 
we didn't come back from coronavirus, <laughs> but once things opened back up again, I think the venues were a lot more lax on what they were booking. And I think people took that kind of, we'll play with anybody attitude and they just went full blown. And then now we see where, you know, we'll talk about this list of artists, but Miss Jalen Brown's on it. She's a classically trained opera singer with a neo soul sound. She plays with everybody. <laughs> she, I mean, she has played with literally everybody in town. And I think even six, seven years ago, you weren't going to see that. She would have played in this specific pocket at these specific venues on this specific day. And the people who went on those days are the people who saw her. And if not, you didn't know. I mean, my only experience has been what I call the do do of mm-hmm. Richmond musicians. I love it. Uh, uh, Quentin Jones just had his, his own show mm-hmm. on Tuesday. It was his first show. He's been on Shaco Sessions Live five times with different bands, um, you know, playing keys for different people. Um, you know, you've got um, Stefan LaRue from Sweet Potatoes, who plays with different people. You've got Reina, who sings with Sweet Potatoes, but, but sang with Quentin. Mm-hmm. So that's my only experience is everyone seems so friendly. And so, hey, I'm in a jazz band and I'm in a, in a, a punk band over here. You've oh, got yeah. Tristan from Dumbwaiter who does different things. That's, I mean, that's what I love. I love in Richmond that you can have people like that who are classically trained, who can sit in on a theater production that's, you know, prepping, you know, I don't know, like a high school production. And they're the most seasoned person there giving tips and making notes on the sheet music. And then the next day they're going to go play a house show in Churchill before 25 people without a shirt on, drenched in sweat sweat at a punk show. I love that. I think that speaks to the, the volume of Richmond music and how widespread it can be because we're really not just known for one sound i think historically you know if you kind of look through the archives of what national media was talking about richmond music it in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s it was mostly punk and metal Mm -hmm. and then in the 2000s hip-hop started to creep up and hip-hop is by sheer volume sheer numbers they're still the most prolific sound in town but we've also become known for so much more and we've had every genre on shopping sessions from nordic folk Mm -hmm. to turkish samba Opera, I mean, it's incredible. So let's dig into some of these musicians that are oh, yeah. in the New Limits Prize. Number one, I have to know how many submissions did you get for different um, different pieces of work? So there were, there are eighty five members of the jury, um, which was up from I want to say like fifty five or sixty five last year. It was definitely a big increase, um, but that's the goal. We want to include as many vital voices in the scene as we can. But eighty five members of the jury, they could each nominate up to forty records if they wanted to. Most people nominated between around ten, maybe a little less. Um, I nominated 40 because I'm I'm weird. Um, so you can nominate up to 40 records. Based on those nominations, we picked the shortlist. There was a shortlist committee of about 12 people that helped narrow it down. There were almost 200 records nominated. I want to say it was like 192, 193, something like that. I've got spreadsheets upon spreadsheets of all this Richmond music stuff um, with Newland and with the auricular and just cataloging all the music. Um, so some of it blurs together, but I'm pretty sure like right around like 192 or something like that. Um, and pretty much, you know, if you, if you can think of a Richmond record that came out in 2022, I I guarantee you it was nominated. Um, now a lot of records were nominated more frequently than others. And, you know, based on that, we got about 40 or 45 records that were like that really kind of stood tall above the rest as, you know, several nominations, several people really being enthusiastic about that. And from that, we kind of narrowed it down to 20. Um, and it was about like a two hour meeting on Super Bowl Sunday that actually went pretty, pretty fairly well. No, no, no hurt feelings. Like I was kind of <laughs> expecting. Um, so yeah, the first year 
we did it based solely on nominations where, you know, the 20 most nominated records, that's, that was the list. Um, but I saw how dangerous that could get with ties and whatnot. And, you know, I could have put it up to the 85 member jury to kind of break ties, but then you're emailing 85 people again and waiting for their response and going through all these deadlines and things. So just you have your sanity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, as of right now, the voting opened, uh, earlier this month, I think on Valentine's day, no, the day before Valentine's day. And, um, so voting open then, and I've already started to get ballots in from the jury members. Um, and just keeping track of that is hard. So, um, but yeah, we've got 20 records, I think they they really tell the story of Richmond music um, that of last year specifically, but also just where the scene is right now. We've got punk, we've got metal, we've got hip hop, we've got pop, we've got rock, we've got experimental stuff on here too. You had mentioned uh, Tristan from Dumbwaiter too. Dumbwaiter's on here, and Dumbwaiter has been around for for a long time in the scene. Um, so it really it really speaks to the extensive reach of Richmond music. Richmond music is not just, you know, one show you see at the camel where you might've seen a rock band, a pop band and a country band. There's so much more in town. All right. And drum roll, please. Yeah. So let's go through the list. It's 20 artists. Um, If we stood here all day and (laughs) talked about all of them, it'd be a three hour long episode. So, um, just kind of going through them real quickly. Um, there's Armageddon Time, which is a punk band. They have uh, they've been around for a while, but they recently got Black Liquid. Who has Black Liquid been on Shocker Sessions? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, they got Black Liquid to be their front uh, front person. So they have kind of a body count, you know, late '80s hardcore rap scene sound, and it's it's really vital record. Um, there's Butcher Brown. I know the guys from Butcher Brown mm-hmm. have been on Shaco sessions in one way or another. They, they, the, the guys from Butcher Brown have their fingerprints all over the music scene. Two of them last year, DJ Harrison and Marcus Tenney were on the original Newland, um, shortlist from 2022. Um, so, but the, they had a record from last year that was really good called Butcher Brown presents triple tray. Um, there's Cassidy Snyder and the Wranglers who they're on vocal rest records with his, which is a uh, Trey Burnett Hall's rec- mm-hmm. uh, record label. Devil's Coattails. They've been on. Yeah. Devil's Coattails mm-hmm. been on too. Um, Cassie Snyder, that record came out fairly, fairly recent. I want to say late 2022. Really, really good stuff. Bombastic personality coming out of that. Um, there's Doe Eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been on, been on Chaco <laughs> Sessions. A lot of people are aware of her. That was her second record, Legacies. Um, there's Druk, which used to be a band called She. Yeah, they 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 changed their name right before the album release. Um, So they had this really lush album called um, Life in Estates. Um, Then there's Dumbwaiter. They've been around forever. I always tell the story. There was this guy. I'll tell this really quick story so we can keep going. But there was this guy. He used to be in the original lineup of the Beastie Boys in in the late seventies, like seventy nine. Um, he ended up shooting one of their album covers for I think Paul's Boutique Um, anyway me and him have connected over the years and he came down to Richmond and one of the things he said was I want to just go to a live show so we went to Balasso back before they closed down and it was Dumbwaiter and just watching I mean he loved it but just watching his face like what did I walk into (laughs) it it was it was fascinating he loved he still talked about it it was great Um, after Dumbwaiter there's Aaron and the Wildfire Um, Aaron Lunsford have you had both on or just Aaron by yourself just the Wildfire and we've had her twice okay Mm -hmm. there you go Mm-hmm. Um, and she recently moved from Charlottesville to Richmond. I'm not sure when, but I know as of, you know, as of last year, she, they were a Richmond official band. So we don't <laughs> have to worry about that. 
Stunning Justin Gold. Yeah, stunning voice. Justin Golden. Mm-hmm. Um, very rich, very rich blues sound. Very talented. Very, I guess, methodical songwriter. I, I don't think methodical is the right word. He's very, you know, he he very he pays much attention to the songs that he writes in the style that he writes them. They're not just stuff that comes off the cuff. So it's really good. Um, Mackenzie Rourke, who is also on Vocal Rest Records. Um, as well as Cassidy Snyder. Um, she's been around for a long time, and this is her first full-length debut, um, So, and it's really, really good. It's she's really... coming soon this summer. To oh, she is? She's mm-hmm. got a rich Americana sound. She's just really good. Um, probably one of the best Americana-sounding artists to come out of the area in a, in a while, too. Um, Monday Night and Heather Gray. Uh, Monday Night's the rapper. Heather Gray's the producer. Very, very good. Very good hip hop record. A lot. One, I love the album cover. I want to shout that out. But two, a lot of people are really excited about that record. Hey, we can't, we can't sleep on this. A lot of hip hop stuff. When we do these time of lists, they kind of get fractured out because there's so much, and people have not favors, but they have scenes and pockets that they want to represent. Uh, but Monday night kind of cut through the noise and, and landed here. Um, there's Miss Jalen Brown, which we talked about earlier before. She's a classically Bubba, trained, Bubba. Uh, classically trained opera singer. With a neo soul sound, she, she plays with everybody. She's got a really, really impactful sound. One that kind of like strikes you in your seat where where you're listening. When she played our Shaco sessions live, there was no lie. There was a tangible feeling of love. That's what everybody says. I have yet to see her live. Oh, I'm trying to because I know she's going to. She's trying to go to grad school in Spain, I believe. Mm-hmm, right. um, I am gonna do my best to catch her before she leaves. And again, she's a, one of those artists, you know, she could headline a show or she's the opener and it doesn't matter. And I think that that's what Richmond's all about. But she's a, a true testament to that. Physical space. It's just amazing. Um, no BS Brass Band. They're, they're Richmond legends. They've done everything. They did our 100th episode yeah, show. They, they, they've done everything <laughs> in town. They've been part of the fact, you know, I went to see fireworks at Crump Park in Glen Allen, which is not far from where I live with my daughter and my wife. And we didn't even know OBS was going to be there. And I was, I was loving it. They had Sam Reed with her. It was, it was the best. My daughter's like, what, why are you loving this so much? It's just <laughs> instruments. I was like, no, this is, this is great. This is vital stuff. Um, Piranorama, they, uh, some, some members of OBS, that Piranorama is like a, a, like a, it's definitely a super group of Richmond musicians, but it feels like a love letter to Richmond musicians too. They just did this video with Hourglass Sessions and the video, uh, the camera kind of pans over everybody and literally everybody they pan over has made a really indelible contribution to the Richmond music scene. Like Tim Fallon, um, Reggie Pace is in the background too, um, Russell Lacey, all these people in that video, you kind of Google their names and look up the music that they've been a part of and it's going to be a great record from Richmond's past and technically present since Pranarana's on this list. Pranarana's record, absolutely fascinating stuff. Um, yeah, I really love that record. Radio B, Ooh, he was just here. Two weeks ago. That was probably one of my favorite Shaco sessions that I've watched. I really wish I could have been here. That was Valentine's Day, though. It was a little rough. <laughs> we called it Shaco Sessions Love. He's so, <laughs> so good. Um, what I really like about Radio B is that we included him on this list is not only is his record fantastic, but Radio B is he's been a champion of the local scene. He's done so much. I know you guys talked about this, but his RVA Rap Elite series has propped up so many artists in town. And the fact that he's been able to keep it going all these years, all these seasons, and there's still new vital art, artists coming out, and that that scene is, I guess, promoting it and contri- nah, encouraging is the word, encouraging those artists to keep pushing and keep grinding. That's what I really, really love. Um, Radio B's been around forever. He's got a great sound. 
he's just fantastic. And if you have the chance to see him live, like he was on Chaco Sessions, you, you should definitely check it out. He's such a showman. I love how some songs are silly. He'll set it up and just, you know, comical and delightful. And then he's got other songs that are very powerful and very heavy. And he has that gravity when he talks about it. But he can he can vacillate between them. And it just, it, yeah. it well, is you know, what it is. He knows you how to structure it. his art, too, so that there's breathing room so that things can actually have an impact without it being, oh, serious subject, here's another serious subject, here's another one. Before you know, you're just kind of exhausted, you know, and thrilled and excited, but exhausted, whereas the way that he does it, you know, he he really structures things really well. He's just, he's got, his brand of hip-hop is the one that I that speaks, like, most to me, that kind of conscious hip-hop sound. Me too, and hip-hop Henry, woo Yep, yep. Um, Spooky Cool, have they been on yet? Not yet. I okay. reached out to them. They've been they've been around for a long time too. I, I remember they played Lucy Dacus's debut album release show at the Broadberry, and that was like their first or second show. Uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, just reach out. But they they've been around forever. This is their first full length. I think they had an EP before it, and it's really just it kind of like the Drew record, just very lush, very very much a, a production affair with within rock music's confines and some of those records oh god there's a, a song that starts i forget the name of the song but it, the lyric is sitting sitting in a sedan and it's just it blows you away because it's kind of a two-parter song where there's really cascading effect in the the beginning and then the outro is just this kind of like really brisk rock song it's fascinating you stuff the best vocabulary for this oh, thank i you. love it i it's love al- it it's almost like i write on music um <laughs> Strawberry Moon, I, I, they've got a post-punk sound, um, which, you know, a lot of bands in town kind of flirt with, but I think they really kind of attack that, like, that dark, brooding, uh, late 70s, early 80s sound. You know, I, I don't want to say, like, Joy Division, that that's unfair, but kind of around that kind of cavernous, you know, brooding sound. And they, they just make it feel very alive. They make it feel very thrilling, exciting, stimulating. They've been around forever as kind of a solo project first, and then they kind of evolved into this, and their record from last year was fantastic. Uh, Timothy Bailey and the Humans, oh god, that record is, we're talking about weighty stuff with the Radio B stuff. His record has some weighty subjects to deal with, but the way that he approaches them, the way that he structures it, and the care that he brings to each topic is just phenomenal. Did you read his article in Style Weekly? I did. Weekly? That article was really good. I was actually talking to Davey Jones, who writes with Style. And I was like, I, I remember Style used to do that kind of stuff more, where they would have musicians write op-eds and things like that. I really wish they would get into that. Because, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that he talked about in his article, for those who haven't read, he did this article about how the industry has changed from when he first broke out, and then he took a long pause, and then now he's back, and how the industry has changed and what he's he's viewed. And a lot of it makes sense. But the problem is a lot of people don't talk about it. At least musicians don't talk about it because I don't know if they just don't want to or they think it's unfavorable. But, you know, things aren't going to change unless people really, really talk about it and address it. Um, I, I would highly suggest you read that article and listen to the record. It, Very it, good it was stuff. so neat, too. It wasn't it wasn't pointing fingers. It was literally the evolution of how people yeah. listen to music, how music is presented to the public. Going all the way back, you know, he, he went all the way back to Victorian days. Yeah. It was just incredible. Yeah, and it's a really long style weekly article, too, because I'm reading, I'm like, oh, man, it's still going, and it's good. <laughs> um, but definitely check that out. There's Tulpa. They do. It's Tulpa spelled T-V-L-P-A. Um, they have a, a very, like, atmospheric metal sound, doom, doom metal. Really, really good stuff. Literally, everybody who's kind of heard it, their their first inclination is to just kind of post about it somewhere and be like, oh my God, have you heard this record? Record's called Walk With Me. It, it really stood heads above them in the metal community. Um, there's Ty Sorrell. 
Homegrown. It's another hip hop record. That one is really, really special because he's kind of like the Miss Jalen Brown, where he he's just played with everybody. You know, you know, rock bands, indie bands, pop bands. He's just playing to have a good show and have a good, you know, have a good environment, have a good audience. His record, I think, reflects that kind of, you know, boundless sound, no boundaries, and it's really, really good. And then finally, we've talked about it already. Tyler Meacham, phenomenal album, really good, straightforward pop. I mean, pop rock, but really straightforward, good sound, great production. And we always joke, um, you know, her partner is Chip Hale. Mm-hmm. And so many bands that come through here use him for production and yeah. engineering and everything. And we, we say he's the Kevin Bacon of Richmond. <laughs> yeah, and I feel, you know, that, that's, that's, there's a lot of people in town that are, that are like that. And, and a lot of people showed up on this list, the Butcher Brown people, the No BS, because, you know, Reggie's involved in so many things. Sam from No BS Brass Brand is... Um, producing the new McKinley Dixon stuff and McKinley Dixon won last year's Newland prize. So yeah, it, you find, you find a couple people's names and they're just going to keep popping it up. We, we had mentioned Joel Warford earlier. He was on the, the Newland shortlist committee. He's kind of in previous years been like playing here or playing there, doing this, doing that. So it's amazing. What are dates? So now we have the jury, they uh-huh. submitted theirs. You had your committee that did the shortlist. Mm-hmm. So now we have the fan vote. Yep. So tell people where to go and what the dates are and, can they repeat vote? Is it by IP address? Is it's it by email address. So one email address. And before, you know, I am watching, you can kind of see like what people are doing. So, you know, a couple people put in one, two, three, four at five, six, seven, eight, nine dot com. You know, those votes obviously aren't going to get counted, but it's not been a lot of that. And there wasn't last year either. Um, but basically all the jury members are submitting ballots. They have to rank their top 10 favorites um, that translate into a, into a point structure. Um, and then there's a public fan vote open as well that you can go on newlandmusicprize.com you'll have to pick 10 records and then once voting closes the 10 records with the most votes that serves as a the 86th ballot in the final tally that way we just kind of get people engaged and it's not like a closed door thing um voting is open until friday march 17th and we will announce the winner on monday march 20th winner gets a thousand dollars cash prize and a spiffy trophy which they have to make very, very quickly. Shout out to Crown Trophy off of Staples Mill for last year. <laughs> last year was they were they were very kind with how quick and patient they were. And let's talk about the namesake, Newland. Yeah, Deacon Newland was a uh, classically trained composer, VCU professor, punk performer, cabaret performer, Elvis impersonator, everything. Um, we were talking about how. You know, the dumbwaiter guys, you can have somebody, you know, being classically trained and then going and playing a punk band. Deacon Newland really, really, truly embodied that. She had her first symphony uh, published at like age eight, something like that, which is crazy. She was classically trained. She studied under Arnold Schoenberg, who was a famous composer in the 1900s. Um, she came to Richmond in about 1978. And very quickly after that, she immersed herself in the local music scene. Um, she died in 2006. I've never met her. A lot of people on this list studied under her at VCU, and a lot of people have reached out to me. Oh, I've got so many Deacon Newland stories. She just she always struck me as like an embodiment of the Richmond music spirit, just boundless. Where you can you're you're very dedicated. You know the craft. You understand it, but you also know when to throw conventions to the wind and just have fun or just perform. She was very very proficient, very prolific. Um, she's got a documentary from the early nineties that I'm trying to get, uh, released so we can do something at the bird or something like that. She's also had a couple albums that surviving members have put on Bandcamp 
there's links on the website. You can find all the stuff too. Um, she's phenomenal. The the p- nice people at Plan Nine, I guess they're digitizing some stuff. They're finding their old advertisements from random Richmond zines over the years, and they found this article. Uh, this interview that she had done with Throttle Magazine in the early 80s, I believe. And she's got this one quote that really sums up why we're doing this. And she's talking about how great the Richmond scene is. Ooh, that's fantastic. Where can we find the Throttle article? Oh, uh, there is a link on the website, but you have to go to the Virginia Chronicle, which is, I think, run through the Library of Virginia. So it's like you go here and then you go there and you go there. But they've got ar- they've got archives of all the Throttle Magazines. We'll follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. But it's on the newlandmusicprize.com website. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess one one big thing about this this project, the Newland Music Prize, is that it really it, it's celebrating Richmond music, but it's designed to kind of uplift everybody. There is going to be one winner, one person will get a thousand, or one artist will get a thousand dollars and a trophy. But really, the goal is to kind of prop up all these twenty artists. We could have done a best twenty albums of the year and written some really nice pieces about them, but you would have read it and you probably would have forgotten about it the next day. Let's let's be honest here. This is a month long affair everybody's kind of passing these links around. Hey, go listen. Hey, go listen. I invite everybody to really kind of give the 20 records a shot. I guarantee you'll find at least five, six, seven albums that you love. And then maybe you go see them live. And when they're playing live, the two bands that opened for them were also really good. And then you go see them. And then it's just this cascading effect. That's what we want. We really want to just prop up the music scene and encourage these great musicians to keep making great pieces of art. And we can support them best by buying tickets. There's a little money to be made yep. there. Buying merch. Oh, yeah, T-shirts. There's a little yep. money and to vinyl. be made there. Streaming, they don't make squat no, on, they don't. unfortunately. They really don't. And, you know, if they do decide to stay local and they're not touring big, that is the best way to put money in their pocket. Oh, yeah. Is to see them live, support that local business, buy beer, buy food, or buy your mocktail, whatever it is, and buy the merch. Mm-hmm. If they're smart and they've got a good deal on things, they'll make a great profit oh, margin. Yeah. Um, we, you know, like I said, being with a label, we're just... We ourselves are trying to see where those biggest things are for for them to be able to put that in their account. Sure. Um, I will say about the streaming things, though, one thing, you know, Bandcamp does a thing every first Friday of every month where they waive their cut and proceeds go directly to the artist. So if you like any of these bands or these records, I think 17 out of the 20 have Bandcamps that you can purchase on the first Friday of March and the proceeds will go directly to them. But also, you know, streaming in general, no, they're not going to make money off it. However... It's a vital thing, you know, when you're talking to somebody about a new band, just to be able to send them a quick link. But I guess the important thing is, like you said, hey, did you like this artist? Cool. Go see them. Go go support them somehow. Or, you know, on Bandcamp, too, a lot of times there's a, you know, pay what you want. So you could buy a song, you know, if you really like to throw them five bucks. So Yeah, you're right. No, no, definitely not discounting stream. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's great for getting the word out, for sharing it yeah. nice and quick. Um, but, yeah, we like, we like, go, go and you, you need to feel it. You need oh, yeah, to be definitely. in the room and feel it and you know, you'll hear so- stories in between of how those songs came about. But yeah, there, there's other things that we definitely want to do. We want to. We didn't do this last year because we were trying to put our nose to the ground and get some ducks in order. But this year, we really want to kind of do after the winners announce, do some theme shows, do some fundraisers. You know, we're a nonprofit organization. Nobody's making any money from this. We're trying <laughs> to give the money to the artists so that that will encourage them to make more music. Um, we spoke about McKinley Dixon winning last year. I'm. sure that he sunk that $1,000 directly into his music because he's got some really cool music videos coming out now. He's got a really, really rich sound now that that stuff doesn't come cheap. It just doesn't. Recording like that does not come cheap. And so it's an investment in musicians like that. Mm -hmm. What was your first piece of music and what format was it on? Uh, 
you know, you you email me that might be a question, and I thought about it, and I, I should have had an answer. Um, it's one of two. It would have been CD. I would. I was born in '86, so you know, '90s kid. Um, I had cassettes. I'm not going to count like Disney soundtracks or things like that, because um, I definitely had those cassettes. I'm, I think most kids around my or most people around my age did. Um, but I think the first two records, one was a soundtrack, but I'll, I'll caveat it. It was a Space Jam tra- soundtrack. <laughs> that soundtrack is deep. It had some deep there were, i mean buster rhymes is on that um coolio's on it salt and pepper's on it robin's on it not robin not robin the the female swedish singer but the other robin who does um i think it's robin s she also does a song called show me love it, it's very confusing tell me if you want me to yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 um that that and r kelly's on it uh we don't really speak about r kelly but he's on it too so it, it was a powerhouse soundtrack of the time that was one of the first ones that i really wore out also quad city djs their first record do you remember them the train song come on the train oh yeah. my i don't know how i got it but i've i got the record and it i listened to that record all the time that was like the first cd i remember actually not the cd itself but the whole thing fell apart part the clamshell fell apart and then the um the insert started to fall apart because i was opening it so much so those were the first two that I really, really owned. A couple came after that. Um, and then, you know, once you hit high school and people start exposing you to stuff, it's just a cascading effect. Um, what is a go-to song or album for you when you're in a great mood? When I'm in a great mood? Um, honestly, anything. Because, you know, I like to listen to music that makes me feel, that, that might be sad when I'm feeling great and when I'm feeling sad. Because, you know, the the memories that you associate with those songs sometimes overpower what the song is telling you. So when you discover a great song or when you have a good memory attached to a song, no matter what that song is saying, you'll always go back to that place when you hear it. So there, there's a ton. I've got a lot of playlists. You know, just putting my phone on shuffle in the car is one of my favorite, favorite pastimes. But I do, I do have songs that I, I come back to more often than not, you know, or maybe like sounds like I love 50s doo-wop I, I love that sound i i just you know um the chantels the, i mean the chantels and shirelles are 60s but 50s 60s frankie lyman and the teenagers the chords all that stuff the exciters i love all those sounds um also i am a huge garage rock fan just that that sound of like a sharp guitar it really resonates with me um i think my all-time favorite song is probably will you still love me tomorrow by the shirelles i think it's the most beautiful song ever written and carol king wrote it when she was like 14 or 15 it's just ridiculous it's unfair she's so talented yeah you are just a delight this was incredible Mm -hmm. so give people the url for the newland music prize and auricular as well sure uh newland music prize n-e-w-l-i-n all one word newland music prize.com you can go there you can view the short list there's um, links for their social media, their links for Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, and then there's also a fan vote. Click on that, pick your 10 favorites. Like I said, voting is open until March 17th, which is a Friday. Winner is announced on that Monday. Um, and then the auricular, A-U-R-I-C-U-L-A-R, theauricular.com. Just catalog it in any Richmond music that we can just to help put a spotlight on some really interesting musicians and help them take the next step and continue to make great vital works of art here in town. You are a gem for the Richmond music scene. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Very exciting. Visit those websites. Uh, Everybody visit uh, thisroomsoundsgreat.com, shakosessionslive.com, shakorecords.com, inyourear.com, all the dot-coms. you got to be there. And we'll see you on the next episode. And that's a wrap.